According to a recent report from the National Academy of Medicine, as many as half of the country's doctors and nurses experience substantial symptoms of burnout, resulting in increased risks to patients, malpractice claims, worker absenteeism and turnover, as well as billions of dollars in losses to the medical industry each year. At the same time, our health system is facing a clinician shortage that may ultimately prove to be catastrophic. Faced with an impossible task like that, who can we turn to for solutions? Maybe we should think about the people who beat impossible odds every day in their jobs, the medical MacGyvers we call nurses. Hello and welcome to DataPoint, the podcast about all the ways that data and analytics are driving innovation in healthcare today. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guest today is Dan Weberg, a former emergency department nurse and continual healthcare innovator. Dan, who has a PhD in health innovation and has helped to redesign educational curricula for nurses and doctors for years, is now the head of clinical innovations at a startup called Trusted Health. Trusted Health is focused on shaping the clinical workforce of the future and helping both nurses and the companies who hire them to fight the problems caused by staff shortages and burnout. Dan, thanks so much for being with us on DataPoint today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It has been a long time coming. You and I met at South by Southwest in Austin last year, which would have been uh, like almost nine months ago, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. So, Good old Bonnie <laughs> Clipper got us connected. That's right. Exactly right. And now Bonnie is back in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, or at least partially back in Austin. And uh, you were at Kaiser Permanente at the time, but I would love to start us off today just with a little bit of your background. You know, how did you come to be uh, doing the work that you're doing with Trusted Health and the work that you're doing to help sort of build the future of our clinical workforce? Give us, give us the background. Yeah, so at, at my heart, I'm an ER nurse and my spirit animal is uh, MacGyver. And so that's basically how I've lived my life. <laughs> but permanently have duct tape and bailing wire in your backpack. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, you know, I, I was near ER and for about eight years as I did other things on the side. I, I went to Arizona State University and had the opportunity to be in the first cohort of their master's in healthcare innovation program. And then they were creating a PhD program. And I was, uh, they said, hey, we need people to apply. And I said, well, sure, I'll do it. And I was the only one that got in. And I was the first graduate and student to go through the PhD in healthcare innovation, which is really around complex systems change in a healthcare context and how to create innovative and disruptive change. Um, wow. It's really great, like just a super fun program. And I got connected with two really well-known leaders in healthcare, Tim Porter O'Grady and Kathy Malik, who on the nursing world basically invented things like shared governance and um, uh, staffing acuity ratios and those type of things. So it was just an amazing mentorship program. And then from there, uh, I was uh, asked to join the dean at the time, um, Bernadette Melnick, who basically invented evidence-based practice for nursing, Mm. went to Ohio State, and she brought a couple people with her. And I was offered a job uh, to go over to Ohio from Arizona and be the director of nursing education for the health system side. And um, it was really interesting because I had no idea where Ohio was on a map because I'm from California. (laughs) (laughs) But she handed me the job description and said, you can edit whatever you want in this. And I said, well, I guess I'm moving to Ohio and uh, ended up in Ohio for about a year and a half uh, leading 
the service line educators and orientation and uh, all that kind of stuff around force development was under my purview. And then randomly out of the blue, I got a message from a colleague about a year and a half into my Ohio gig that said, you need to have my job. That's, that was all it said. And I said, hmm. well, what's, what's your job? And she said, I'm the director of nursing innovation at Kaiser Permanente. And I said, well, what's a Kaiser Permanente? And she, <laughs> and she sends me a link and I'm like, oh my God, this is like my dream job. You know, this is exactly <laughs> what I want to do in life. And so I went through the interview and, and got I actually offered the job on my, on my way to the airport uh, after my last interview and spent about the last seven years uh, at, at uh, Kaiser Permanente in a few roles. One, uh, starting out in their innovation team, which was actually in their IT group, being a clinical expert as they did things with emerging technology like Google Glass and robots and AI mm -hmm. and analytics and that kind of stuff. Um, and then as that team kind of morphed, I did some leadership roles within the Northern California region over nursing research. And then Kaiser Permanente decided they wanted to build a medical school from the ground up. I mean, this is like one of those times where a post-it note on the wall turns into an actual $500 million like functional thing. Wow. And, uh, and I was the only nurse involved in that process uh, in curriculum writing and designing the simulation center and, uh, and the interprofessional partnerships between the schools we're going to do uh, with nursing and pharmacy. And, and, and I'm still actually on contract a few hours a week helping them with that. But it was just an amazing opportunity to build something that really is developing the physician of the future and uh, which is all, all along kind of what I enjoy doing is building this kind of future competency of leaders and workforce. And then about uh, or three months ago, had the opportunity to jump over to a startup called Trusted Health. And uh, we're an innovative uh, healthcare workforce platform and company and um, have been here for about two months as the head of clinical innovation and just loving every minute of it because it, it focuses my passion on nursing, my passion on workforce innovation and the future of workforce. And uh, the startup kind of mentality is very much aligned to my mm. emergency nurse background. And so there's lots of things going on all the time. Like I'm just kind of like a squirrel and it's been a lot of fun. It's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Dan, is, you know, it sounds as though you may have been out of the emergency department for a while, just in terms of your career. But I was curious about what of that you've taken with you. You know, that's where that MacGyver kind of spirit animal was born. Mm. So my, I was a new grad in the ER. My very first job was at UCLA. And I had this preceptor, Alice Valenzuela. And every day we'd come in, she's like, you will never, ever have enough supplies, enough people, enough knowledge, enough anything. But you need to deliver care to these people who are in need and sometimes on the edge of death. And you need to just figure it out. So stand in this room and figure out what you can put together to get the things done you need to get done so these people can get the care they need. And from there, that that's kind of catalyzed every everything in my entire career. Um, and and it just it, that sat with me for forever. It's, you know, all right. So I, I want to come back to trusted health and I want to focus in on that, but I have to ask you something first. You mentioned something really interesting, which is in your role uh, at Kaiser Permanente, that you were the only nurse that was directly involved in establishing this new program for physician education. And I guess I'm really curious from where you're sitting how has the role of the nurse changed or how is it changing 
relative to the physician and the, the total care team? Like, tell me about where you see those relationships heading and, you know, are there trends that you're, that you're seeing that you're writing here or am I, uh, is this a red herring? No, it's actually, I think there's a lot of shift. And, and what was so inspiring about being involved in the medical school work was that from the moment I stepped into the, the meeting when it was just about 20 of us in a conference room at the Hilton in Pasadena, uh, kind of brainstorming what we thought the graduation competencies w- would be for these physicians of the future, it was always a peer-to-peer uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it was never Dr. So-and-so and you're just Dan, the, the nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was always just this really collegial. We're on the same team. We add different value to this conversation, and I think that's completely analogous to where care is now. So you know, in the past, it used to be you know the physician kind of was the leader of everything, and everyone kind of followed along with that. And because care has become so much more complex, and there's so much more data to process and needs in the community and those type of things that the care team has to be leveraged for their strengths and leadership changes depending on what the patient needs. And I think, Mm. you know, building this medical school that, that has always been the forefront. It's been, you know, let's teach, let's teach the physician of the future, how to interact on a team as sometimes a leader, sometimes not. Um, And, and really understanding the skill sets of their team members, including nursing and how do we work together to solve these really complex issues and care Uh, paradigms that are happening with our patients. You know, one of the things that I am uh, particularly interested in is I'm, I'm always interested in how people distinguish themselves, I guess, as providers of excellence within that care team. And for doctors, there have been historically lots of different ways that people will measure that, you know, the fellowships that they complete or the research that they publish or the clinical trials in which they're investigators. How, how do nurses distinguish themselves uh, in a way that gives more visibility to the incredibly important and, as you say, really equal but different work that they do as a part of the care team? You know, I think there's some similarities. So um, there's, you know, there's board certifications basically for nurses in their different specialties, whether it's critical care or ER or even subspecialty and, uh, you know, cardiac, cardiovascular ICU type certifications. So they, they're distinguishing themselves in passing these, you know, these tests similar to what physicians would do for Mm -hmm. certification. So I think that's kind of the, the tangible, you know, direct analogy. But I think the other thing is, um, Nurses have a lot of influence, and I think what, what's really interesting is there's been a lot of data in the EMR around physician productivity, and there's been less about nursing. Um, hmm. And so I think there's a gap there that we need to figure out. But I think the biggest compliment where you can see the nurse's impact into patients is number one, the patient feedback about nurse their nurse care because the nurse is there 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and I think the other one is when you talk to the physicians and they're like those nurses help me become the physician I am today. I think <laughs> a lot of those stories, you know, yep. the, the successful physicians are the ones that are listening to those nurses that are there and actually taking that, their gut feeling and their data processing and their recommendations and using it in the physician's clinical decision-making. So, you know, there, there are some hard metrics around those, you know, those tangible things, the certifications mm-hmm. and awards and that type of stuff. But I think a lot of it is, you know, just you can hear it in the stories that are told um, by patients and physicians. 
Absolutely. And that's actually is a good place, to, uh, good place for us to head into our break. Stick around. We're going to be right back with Dan Weyberg talking about uh, his work at Trusted Health. Welcome back to Data Point. I'm your host, Greg Matthews. I'm here with Dan Weyberg, who is the head of clinical innovations at Trusted Health. Dan, as we were heading into the break, we were talking a little bit about the evolving role of nurses within the care team and some of the ways that they distinguish themselves as a part of that workforce. And I think that that's probably a good lead in to talk a little bit about trusted health. Um, you mentioned nursing and you mentioned innovation, but tell us a little bit about why trusted health exists. What is its purpose? Yeah, so our thesis as a company is that um, the way that healthcare staffs nurses is uh, bogged down with lots of bureaucratic uh, nonsense and inefficient process and technology. And mm. so Trusted was born out of the idea that we can actually be, you can actually be focused on nurses first, putting the, 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 the nurse at the front of everything you do and enable them with a technology platform built in the 21st century that can match their passion, their competency, and their skill set to opportunities out in the world, whether that's travel jobs, permanent placements, non-clinical roles. Uh, we think that we can build a movement that allows the nurse to be in control and to manage their entire professional life uh, using technology and having that nurse-first approach. Fantastic. And when you talk about staffing for nurses, are you talking about permanent staffing? Or are you talking about temporary staffing? What's the what's the sweet spot? You know, the sweet spot as a revenue generation engine is really in the travel nurse space. That's about a $40 billion market across the U.S. I mean, there's some hospitals that have over 750 travelers within their health system at any given moment. Wow. And so that right there is a big opportunity to take cost out of the system. Um, and we can do that with our technology platform. We can almost cut out, you know, 10% of the cost because we are just more efficient at it. And we can pass those savings on to the health system and to the nurses. So the nurses in our, uh, we started with travel nurse placements because there's a big industry for that. But we're mm. rapidly looking at permanent placements. And then also the idea of helping nurses find non-traditional roles like at startups and at tech companies and at the Amazon care and Walmart care places where it's not, it's not where nurses tend to think that they're going to have their careers. Uh, we're starting to think about how do we actually take this um, matching algorithm that we've built based on the nurses' preferences and, and use that to get them into places where they'd like to practice. That's fascinating. It almost, I, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but it almost sounds a little bit like a, sort of what color is your parachute, um, you know, for nurses who are thinking beyond a traditional career. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and it puts the control back in the, in their hands because in the traditional way, uh, traditional staffing agencies, nurses are assigned a recruiter, and that recruiter is incented to uh, place them because that and get as many placements as possible because they're incented on on a commission. And we mm. have we don't have recruiters at our company. We we've, we've actually hired nurses that have stepped away from the bedside. We call them nurse advocates that are peer to peer coaches for nurses trying to find roles. And so they can have that clinical clinician to clinician conversation about does, you know, what's this hospital look like? You know, I have telemetry experience. This hospital has something a little bit different. You know, what, what's the skill match there? And they can actually have that real conversation with a peer that understands the roles instead of being kind of coached into it by a recruiter who's like, I just need to make my numbers this week. So we just have a different approach and it's been really successful. We've, we've really built a pretty cool platform. 
That's uh, that is really cool. I'm I'm curious about how. Number one, how do nurses find you? But I guess even getting behind that, what kind of nurse is typically looking for you? In other words, I'm thinking about these nurses that are wanting to think a little bit outside the box, wanting to understand their opportunities more. I guess who are the who are the nurses that that you have been really successful in reaching and then in and placing in these kind of non-traditional roles? Yeah, so we have it across the board. We have every age range. We have every clinical specialty. We have on our platform right now, we have close to 60,000 nurses um, signed wow. up with accounts. Um, not all of those, obviously, are doing you know, job finding. Some of them are just using us because they can store their license and credentials and get reminded when those things are expiring really sure. easily within the platform. But uh, we we have we've created the kind of, uh, uh, kind of this this uh, ground up nurse referring uh, portal that that nurses have been, really been drawn to. And then we're big in social media. We're on Instagram. We've created a Facebook community. All that kind of social media stuff that we're we're trying to change the conversation away from kind of where um, clinical in general kind of goes in this like negative uh, connotation. I have you know, staffing ratios or that physician, this, this thing, this care thing. And we've actually tried to create this positive movement. It's really resonating. Um, our taglines for the modern nurse. And so I think we're grabbing a lot of nurses coming out of uh, nursing school have had an idea about what the profession is and then get kind of hit in the face when they enter a clinical practice and they want to try and see uh, new things. And uh, they, they sign up for us. And when you think about the, placements that are available to them. In other words, I'm going to call these your customers. I'm not sure how you think about those hospitals or the companies that are doing the hiring, but are there characteristics for them that make them good candidates for becoming partners of trusted health? Uh, I'm guessing the, you know, the sort of numbers driven farm, you know, nurse farm approach is probably not a, a great fit for the kind of people that you're bringing in. So what do those companies or, or the hospitals or the large practices or you know, whoever those customers are, what do they look like? Yeah, so they're uh, really focused on getting the right nurse to the right job at the right time. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds so simple, but it's really, really hard to do that. And um, when, when, you have, uh, when you have kind of the old model, it's been placing the closest thing they can get to a warm body into whatever jobs open just because they can fill it and there's contractual obligations to filling that. And we've taken the approach of this intimate match. So we've taken the nurse's preference, their skill set, and their uh, clinical competency, and we've matched that to the job profile so that when this, when the, with the nurses we send to the hospital uh, for interview uh, get, get in contact, they've already been vetted through some of those basic screening questions so that we're, we're providing a more, a better quality candidate to the mm. hospital. And they love that. One of the stories we had from a big quaternary health system was, you know, the, the old system was sending us all these operating room nurses and we, we had a ton of, them. we didn't have a, a lack of supply, but none of them had ever experienced any of the surgeries we do here. Cause we are doing things that, you know, like five other hospitals in the world do. And, mm. uh, and we have a, uh, we have, kind of that matching algorithm and, and our nurse advocates who can screen that stuff out really easily and actually provide a fewer number of candidates, but more qualified candidates into those types of roles and the clients love it. So how do you quantify the benefits both to the nurses who are being placed, you know, in roles that are going to be more fulfilling for them, but also for the companies that are going to be getting better fits for their actual needs? Is there a way that you can quantify that? 
Yeah, so there's a couple things. There's, um, there's time to hire, uh, which is from when they have a need to when they actually fill that need. Um, and in, on average in the staffing world, that's like 61 days. And for trusted, we've cut that in more than half. I mean, we're down to like 14 to 20 days wow. at the longest. So that's, a huge, yeah, so that's a huge opportunity. The other piece is the onboarding piece. So once they're hired to when they actually become a productive um, employee for their contract rate, there's this onboarding thing. If we can match someone with better experience into those positions, we can cut down their onboarding time significantly. And so we're actually just providing faster turnaround and filling of these uh, staffing holes that uh, hospitals have. And um, it's, it's been really dynamic. Um, there, and there's just tons of numbers around dollars around that. I mean, the average vacancy is like $175,000 for a hospital per year. And um, so we're, we're cutting a lot of that cost out by being faster with better quality. Wow. That is really amazing. And just those two factors alone, I got to believe, just add up to an enormous, uh, you know, financial, but also cultural cost. Um, and to, to that end, I guess I'd love to hear your take on where, like what our clinical workforce is going to look like in the future. Um, you mentioned that the work you're doing does include permanent placements, but it's been primarily based on you know, more uh, temporary placement, the travel nurse uh, model. Can you tell us about, you know, big picture, where, where do you see this workforce headed in the future? And what should, uh, you know, employers of those clinicians be thinking about as they're thinking about their workforce of the future? Yeah, so I think um, we were in a meeting the other day, and we coined this kind of phrase, this kind of uh, dramatic uh, point, but, it, but I think it, it resonates, and it's going to be true very quickly, which is, as a hospital or health system or clinic, you'll never, ever, ever be fully staffed with your own full-time employees ever again. And so stop trying. It's just right. not the future of work. People want more flexible jobs. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have you know, people that are going to work for a Kaiser Permanente for 30 years and, and, and that kind of thing. You'll still have that cohort. But I think more and more you're going to see people who may live in like Houston, which has a million hospitals in like five square miles and they're going to live in Houston. They're going to pick and choose which units and even which shifts they want to take um, mm -hmm. within that area. And they're not going to be so brand loyal to one organization. They're going to do the things that they find fulfilling or that challenge them or get them along their career path. And I think at the other extreme of that is the idea of just travel, travel nursing in general allows you to completely live basically your your rent is free it is paid for you get a higher mm -hmm. um, hourly wage and you can travel the country to it basically any city in in the u.s and work um and i think that's appealing to a larger and larger cohort of nurses graduating nursing school so um i think the workforce hospitals need to think about how do you manage your 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 shrinking permanent staff cohort and actually supplement it with these kind of special ops of of travel nurses so much experience across the country, different places, and how do you use them in a different way to help you actually improve your quality scores, HCAP, new projects, innovations, uh, and, and that's just going to be the norm rather than trying to recruit and retain your own staff all the time. Sure. And that actually, you you got to the, what I think will wind up being my last question here, which is, it sounds like a, a great deal for the nurses, but talk to me about the benefits to the hospital or the startup, and maybe most importantly, what are the benefits to the patients of having a workforce like the one you describe? 
I think the biggest one is that because hospitals haven't been very good about predicting their needs as far as census of patients and their patient populations all that well, that flux is so um, unpredictable that they need to be able to have this flexible workforce come in almost Mm -hmm. last minute in some cases to be able to fill these needs and not have to rely on hiring, benefiting, uh, managing this workforce that for the most part in nursing is sitting idle. I mean, you, you have to hire in some cases 150 nurses to staff a really, really large unit. Uh, and you know, 90% of those people are sitting at home, um, uh, you know, because there's only so many hours in a day and that can be placed. So what if you thought about your workforce as flexing up and flexing down almost by the minute um, mm. or by the hour? I think that's a huge benefit to hospitals and it actually takes a lot of the overhead cost of full-time employees for the nurses, you know, when they work for trusted, they become W2 employees of us. So they get on day one, 401k, full health benefits, vision, dental. And so they're taken care of, unlike something like an Uber where they become 1099 employees they're, you know, they, they have to do all that stuff on their own. They become our, they're, they're our employees and we take care of them. And so they feel safe and they're protected in that, in that sense as well. And so they're able to show up and give the best of themselves in the moment to the patients. And at the end of the day, if you can pick the right nurse who's passionate about living in that location, doing that job mm. and has the skills to do it, patient care is automatically going to jump up. So we're really excited about the potential there. If I was a hospital, would it be possible for me to say to Trusted Health, I actually don't ever want to hire a nurse again. I would like for Trusted Health to be my nursing workforce. Is that something that is possible or envisioned for the future? I think that uh, the future could make that a reality. Yep. Interesting. I've heard about that happening in a, on a sort of departmental level, like staffing out emergency departments. Um, I had not heard about it from a nursing perspective. That is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility in the future, and I think we'll see more and more of that happening. There's a couple other players in this space as well with that thesis, but um, I think the key really is the quality and putting the nurse first. And yep. um, the the issue I've been seeing in the field is that nurses have been treated like a commodity for a really long time, and I think nursing nursing in general is tired of that. And to give the control back to the nurse is just uh, really empowering and refreshing for. Uh, our profession. And that's, I think, why we're seeing such an uptake to our platform. I love it. Dan, thank you so much for being here and sharing some of that. I uh, I know that our listeners are going to be really excited about the, the work that you're doing. As people want to learn more about the work that you're doing and the work that Trusted Health is doing, where should they go for that? Yeah, they can check out Trusted Health at www.trustedhealth.com. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm Dr. Nurse Dan on Twitter, Dr. Nurse Dan at Twitter, and then I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to connect in any way. Fantastic. And uh, for those of you listening while you're driving your car, don't have a wreck while you're writing that down. I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes for you. So uh, it'll be easy. You can get to work, look up the show notes, and then uh, get in touch with Dan. I think you can wait that long, right, Dan? Yeah, I can wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us. I, good luck with Trusted Health. It sounds like an amazing uh, new opportunity. And I'm really excited to see sort of this elevation uh, in the role of the nurse and some long-deserved recognition uh, for the importance of that role. I appreciate it, Greg. Yep. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Data Point podcast. If you like what you've heard, please do rate, review, and share it with your social network. It means a lot. 
And if you have ideas for show topics or guests, please email them to me at greg at healthquant.health or send a direct message to at Chai Moose on Twitter. That's C-H-I-M-O-O-S-E on Twitter. For more information about this show or any of the terrific healthcare podcasts in the Touchpoint Media Network, check them out at touchpoint.health. See you next time.